Blog Talk Radio. I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to know yeah, that baby. you got faith. In your trial, in your test, in your heart time. Yeah, precious. I'm there. It just you hung up on me or something just happened. Just... Good evening. I'm Hezekiah L. Montgomery, host of The Man in the Mirror. I'm excited tonight because my next guest is the master of the elevator pitch or the perfect pitch, Precious L. Williams, Esquire. But before we go into talking to Miss Precious, let's welcome Miss Michelle Johnson, our co-host of The Man in the Mirror. Welcome back, Michelle. Thank you so much. Glad to be back and excited about tonight's show. Excellent. Now, tonight is a special night also because for our guest tonight, she just celebrated her birthday yesterday. And as <laughs> always, I know everybody wants to say happy birthday to Precious. So this is what we're going this is for you, Precious, from Stevie Wonder himself. you how much I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> I like and happy birthday again from the man in the mirror and all our listening audience. Now, Miss Precious, before we go on, I'm going to give a, uh, give some information about you so we can give some background information, and then we're going to go right into the interview. Precious was a woman with uh, uh, mommy issues. Her mother kicked her out at the at a, at the house at the age of 13. I'm sorry, at the age of 12 years old, naked and bleeding. She does. She didn't want me. At 15, her grandmother had to take her in. But she worked hard. But, you know, she worked hard because she had no backup plan. She worked so hard that she became a proud graduate in 2001 of Spelman College and Rutgers School of Law in Newark. 
Precious is a 13-time national elevator pitch champion, including the, 13, the 2013 Black Enterprise Elevator Pitch Champion. In her first company, Kirby Girls Lingerie, she was able to get investors be featured in the national television, ABC and MSNBC, and get press in just a few short months of being in business. She doesn't just tell you what to do and how to do it. With grace and ease, she actually eats, sleeps, and breathes pitching. As many businesses are created, Precious had a personal reason for starting Curvy Girls Lingerie. Precious was a 327-pound woman who couldn't find pretty underwear in her size. She had a red-hot relationship and nothing to show for it. Precious has truly triumphed over her adversities. She is now an award-winning professional speaker, serial entrepreneur, attorney, and teacher. Her talents lie in helping business owners increase their sales dramatically by giving them the perfect pitch. She understands what it is like to work hard in business. They have no sale to show for it. Without further ado, I'll introduce again Miss Precious Williams, and we'll go into our show. Miss Precious, welcome again to The Man in the Mirror. Thank you so much, Hezekiah. That was a beautiful introduction. I'm like, that's me? Yes, it is. <laughs> Thank you. Excellent. Well, I'm the, I'm one that likes to get right into the nitty-gritty, and I just gave our listening audience some information. Now, I've heard your story. Now, we want you to share your story with our listening audience so that they can get a, a better background, because nobody can tell your story like you can about you. Okay. So, uh, again, my name is Precious Williams. I am known as the killer pitchmaster because I kill all competition. If you ever go head-to-head with me, you're not going to win. I'm going to win, and I'm going to make you look bad while I do it. I am from St. Louis, Missouri. I am a woman who, for the first 15 years of her life, was truly unloved, truly not supported, truly... I, I don't even like to think back to those days, but um, my mother, my mother never liked me. My mother never loved me. My mother, you know, would punch me in the face. She would beat me. She would hit me in front of people at school. She would hit me, and she, I remember she punched me in the face and broke my nose in front of my friends outside one day. My mother just didn't like me. Um, and I've since found out it's because, you know, I'm chocolate and my mother's extremely light-skinned, and so she did not want to have uh, a dark-skinned child. So my mother used to tell me, um, I I wish you were never born, you're ugly, you're skinny, no man's ever going to want you. And even though I grew up hearing that, something inside of me, this is God, told me that I was a star, and, and, and he told me, hold on, just hold on. And when I was five years old, <clears throat> my father bought me a little cassette tape, and it was a wham, make it big. And for some reason, I actually understood what that meant at five. And that's what I told myself. I'm going to make it big. I'm going to be the star of this family. And if I just hold on long enough, I'm going to shine. I'm going to shine. I'm going to outshine everybody. So when I was 12 years old, my mother got extremely upset with me. I don't remember what it was about, um, but she told me not to come home. From school that day, she said, just don't come home. And so I went to my aunt's house, and I told my aunt, um, 
please don't send me home because my mother told me she's going to kill me. And my aunt was like, oh, no, she wouldn't do that. I was like, okay. My aunt sent me home, and my mother had to pay for the cab fare. And when I got home, it was literally a nightmare. My mother, you know, told me to take all my clothes, and she brought out broomsticks. She brought out extension cords. She brought out poles, and she commenced to beat me with an inch of my life. Then she threw me out of the house naked and bleeding, threw out my clothes, no shoes. She told me she never wanted to see me again. So I walked two miles to my aunt's house, and I collapsed on her front porch, bleeding and broken. And my aunt called the police, and um, I was taken out of my mom's custody, and I was put in my father's custody. My father is a drug addict. He's been a crack cocaine addict since he's 18. He is now 58 years old. He's been a crack cocaine addict for 40 years. Um, With him, we were homeless. We didn't have food, we didn't have heat, hot water, and electricity, and it was very difficult. I became I became a very troubled child, and um, my dad's girlfriend, you know, tried to get me counseling. And, um, sorry, I dropped my phone. My, she tried to get me counseling, but I just wasn't that, um, I just, I, I just wasn't, I just couldn't deal and my grandparents, when I was 15, went to my father and they said, give her to us because as long as she stays with you, she's going to die. She said, this is not, I'm not going to let my grandchild go out like that. And so I went to go live with my grandparents. And, of course, I'm afraid because they're old. <laughs> you know, I'm like, what are right. old people going to do for me? And uh, I went into their home, and it was filled with love. And my grandmother, when I was 15, she sat me down and she said, baby, you're a star. She said, that mouth of yours is going to make you money. She said, the way you speak, you command people, and you don't even see how powerful you really are. And I I didn't believe her. She said, you're going to be an Oprah. You're going to be world famous. You have the name of a star. And as long as I'm living, I'm going to make you a star. And, you know, I didn't really believe that. I was like, she's old. She sent me to an inner city high school. I'd already I'd grown up in the county, which was a um, – a pretty, you know, white neighborhood, you know, white sub- suburbs, and I went to go living in the hood, and I didn't want to do it, but my grandmother drove me to school every day. She wanted to be close to me. She never wanted to be, she never wanted to drive far to get me. She wanted She wanted me to be chauffeured to school. My grandmother cooked and cleaned for me. My grandmother told me my only job is to go to school and to make good grades. That's my only job. I will never have a job in her house. Your job is just to go to school. So I was in special education classes because I got all F's in school before that. And what they realized is in my first class that I was not special education. I was literally talented. And so I went from being in special education classes to being at the top classes, you know. Um, And because of my grandmother's love, like, I became Precious Williams. Literally at 15 years old, I became who I am today. My grand, I was asked to speak at, my, my principal came to one of my teachers and said, I want Precious to speak in front of these very important people. I think she can do it. And I started speaking, and literally those people were just like, who is this girl? How is she in the ghetto high school? Like, that's a, she's talented. And uh, I started getting flown all over the state of Missouri and giving speeches, and I got paid at 16 years old to be a professional speaker. I didn't even think I was talented. I was just kind of like, oh, I, I like to speak. It's nothing, it's nothing for me to get in front of a room full of people and speak. And 
Then I was on a first name basis with the mayor. Um, I was in. I, I was on his task force. I knew the governor, and they always just say, "That's the ghetto girl who can do it. That is the hood girl. She's the hood girl that's gonna make it." And I was like, "Well, I'm not really hood, but okay. If that's the story you want to go with, I'll, I'll roll with that." Um, I'm the first person in my um, family to graduate from high school. I got a full scholarship to Spelman College in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I graduated magna cum laude, Phi Beta Kappa, with a degree in English, a minor in art history pre-law. I went to Georgetown University Law Center, promptly got kicked out in 2002, started over at Rutgers School of Law in Newark in 2003 on a full scholarship, had a nervous breakdown in 2004, (laughs) finished law school in 2006, passed the New York State Bar in 2007, started working as an attorney, and um, I will say this about law school. I hated every moment of law school until I had clients, until I had real cases. And then that's when I became, again, Precious Williams. And my classmates who thought I was a bum before because of all the things I went through in law school thought I was just whack, when they saw me in the courtroom just killing the prosecutors, killing it, winning every case I had, they were like, oh, my God, I did not know she was that talented. I'm like, yeah, get me in a room full of people, I'll kill it. Um, worked as an attorney, um, quit a lot of jobs because I don't like I don't like being told what to do and I don't like people talking to me any kind of way. I just I don't I don't I don't I don't I don't vibe well with that. Um, I got into a relationship with a Hollywood actor in two thousand ten. I had a fiance but he, he that's a different story for a different day. I met a Hollywood actor and uh we had a very hot and heavy relationship, and people couldn't believe that I was 327 pounds dating someone who literally was on a television show. And if I told you what his name is, like, what? Oh, my goodness. I'm like, yeah, we had a relationship. He liked hot lingerie. And I don't know about you, but what big girl lingerie could, could I find? I couldn't find it. So I decided to create a company called Curvy Girls Lingerie. And at first, no one would give me money for my company, so I went out and I started winning money in a pitch competition. So in less than two years, I won over $100,000 from my company. And um, last year, we did $306,000 in sales. And I stopped competing in competitions. And now I write pitches for companies around the world to get clients, customers, and investors. That's what I do. So that's my story. That's my short. That's a short version of my story. And I am, I live I live I live in New York City and I came here to make it big and I cannot leave here until I have my billboard in Times Square. <laughs> well, I guess you're on your way because after that, it's I, like, you know, you, you're making me have to work a little harder tonight because you answered all my, you know, questions that I had all lined up for you. But that's okay. <laughs> Understood. You, know, you did it all. But the uh, but we'll back up a minute. My, now my question is my my first question after all that because you gave us some you know good information. What made you go to the pitch? Because people talk about the elevator pitch. People, I mean, what made what drew you to that? Of all things that you could have done, what drew you to that? Well, I'm a talented speaker, but I just kind of felt like. If your family and friends won't give you money, what else can you do? Like, I just felt like when I met this woman at the library, she 
she was um she she had won fifty thousand dollars and she didn't look anything like me. She was a white woman. And I listened to her pitch and I was like, Oh, I could outdo her. That's nothing. Oh, please. So I injured myself in my first competition and I had no illusions I was gonna win. I just thought I would be a finalist and I'd be happy with that. But when I walked into the room and they were expecting a PowerPoint presentation, I was like, Oh no, 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 no. I I one of my mottos is go big or go home. And that I'm bold and I'm unexpected. So I'm never going to do what you expect. I'm going to do something totally opposite, and it's going to make you remember me. So I went in the room with my lingerie. I stood for 10 minutes, no script, and I just went in for 10 minutes pitching. And I could tell by the way they looked at me that they had never seen anybody like me before. Did I think I was going to win? No. But two days later, they sent me my results, and I got a 50 out of 50. So I'm thinking, oh, man, I'm in the top three. That's how dumb I was. And I called Bill. I called Bill, and they were like, "Oh, so you know you won, right?" I was like, "Oh my God, I won five thousand dollars for speaking for ten minutes." And I said, "Oh, this is easy." So they kept telling me, "You need to keep going because you're talented at what you do. You're talented. Like I've never seen a pitch like that before. And you had no script, and you answered our questions, and you weren't scared. You have confidence." I was like, "Of course I do." I'm, I was built for this. I'm, I'm, I was, I'm tailor made for this. So that's how it started. And I wanted to win every competition I was in. I wanted to kill it. I've gone up against people from Harvard, yes, Stanford, and Columbia. I've gone up against multi-million dollar businesses. I've gone up against cool tech companies, and I always emerge victorious because I know exactly what I'm doing. Excellent. Now, I'm going to still back up because I like jumping around. Now, something you said earlier, you said after, you know, the incident and things that were happening with you and your mother, you said, you know, I'm going to make it. You said, and that's like um, the Bible, the word says life and death is in the power of tongue. So at that moment, you also, you spoke it to yourself that I'm going to make it. Yeah, you went through, but then your grandmother also there were like confirmation coming from your grandmother when she also planted a seed into you talking about you're going to make it because she's seen the talent. You may not have seen the talent, but your grandmother's seen the talent in you, and she basically was, you know, setting the pace for you where, you know, you didn't, you know, you didn't want to go to the um, city school, but you you did. They No one around you thought it was going to happen, but they knew, you know, they thought you were special, but you weren't. So these were, to me, sometimes these are things that the enemy tries to set up for us. He tries to throw us a curveball when he knows that there's something special about you. Now, nor, and in your situation, a lot of kids would have given up, mm-hmm. you know, because I've seen that a lot of kids would have given up and said they would have settled for being in special ed, even though they weren't special ed, because that's how the system is, you know. But you, you, turn, you turn that completely around. And, um, you know, when you were professionally speaking at the age of 16 and, you know, you had the mayor and the governor, you know, you had you were wowing people, as we say today. So your life was just beginning and you didn't know it. And you chose to to go on. And, And that's what and that's one thing people don't understand when they see young people with no fear. and You had no fear. I mean, you didn't, you know, you wouldn't fence, you wouldn't move, you went up against your opponent, and you did what you had to do. And even, you know, when you're, um, those in law school never thought, I like it, I like to call it the silent bomb. 
because they didn't think you had it in you. But once you went through what you did in college and in law school, again, you came out on top because now they're probably asking you questions or wondering what you're doing and how you're making it. Yeah, it's so funny you said that. Um, when I got kicked out of Georgetown, I think I'm the only person I've ever met that's been kicked out of a law school, especially a prestigious law school. And um, so many people turn their back on me. You think because you go to Spelman, you think because you've already proven yourself, but when you've been rejected at that level and people don't return your calls, people say you're whacked, they don't want to be associated with you, you remember all of it. And I remember, you know, I was so depressed for years. Even though I went to Rutgers, even I just felt like, I'm the I'm the I'm the worst. I'm the runt. I'll never be. I thought I was a star, but Georgetown kicked me out. I got a full scholarship to Rutgers. I'm not comfortable. I'm not happy. All these sort of things. Mm. But once I graduated, and the man who paid for my education paid for me to take the bar, when he hooded me, it was like I took off the cloak of Georgetown forever. It was like you know what. Now my goal is to make them hate the fact that they kicked me out. And the beautiful thing about life is time is a great equalizer. The very same people who said I wasn't anything talk to me today as if I'm the greatest. The same people that said I was a nobody are the same people that call me precious. How do you do it? How did you how do you do it? I'm like, listen, it's faith and that if you're a star you will rise, and, I, and, I, and I've been down so many times. I've been counted out so many times, but like the phoenix, I always rise, and I will always outshine people who think I'm nothing. You know, it's just beautiful because God, God, God lets you know who you really are, and you just have to remember that. I'm yes, He does. I'm a star, and so. When you're a star, you know, listen, sometimes the sometimes the cloud gets in the way and you're not able to be seen, but when you come out again, you come out bigger, better, stronger, and faster. And so that's what I say. Time is a great equalizer. Sometimes people in the lead are going to be behind you. Sometimes the richest can become the poorest. And that's why, you know, God is real. And he made it so that no matter how down I am, I'm going to always rise to the occasion. Wow, um, precious! That was wonderful. I, I wanted to say I actually was looking at your website, and that um, I think it's like a sixteen or nineteen minute um, video you have on there. That was actually one of the most powerful videos that I have ever heard. I was like pumped as I as I listened to it. Uh-huh. Um, you tell the story, you know, about your mom and um, how your grandmother came in and was kind of a point of light for you and all of that. But um, what I really love is is how you start talking about, you know, how you started speaking, like we've been talking about speaking to yourself or or speaking yourself into what you were going to become mm-hmm. or what you felt like you were. And, and I think that's awesome. I just kind of wanted to know what what else – I guess help you propel because that that belief you had in yourself, even while all that was going on, 
is just amazing, but what is it that was behind that or what helped that? I I really want to take it back to my grandparents. I really, I don't even think about get from 15 to to being a baby. I never think about that chapter of my life. I think, of, I think my life began at 15. I think about my grandmother and how sweet. Like, when people talk about love and they talk about unconditional love, that's what they had for me. Can you imagine having a 15-year-old troubled child and watching them blossom under your care? Like, I didn't, I didn't argue with my grandmother. I respected her because she loved me. And she told me, she reaffirmed who I was. She's the only person who did that. She was the only person who told me what I knew inside. She, and she saw it. I never told her. To have her by my side, so she drove me to school. She didn't even want me walking to school. She took care of me. She cooked for me. Do you know I hadn't had a home-cooked meal ever until I was with her? And I, I was wow. fed in the morning. She woke me up. She twinkled my toes in the morning. She said, Queen B, your bath is ready. Like, what? Is this Richie Rich? Like, what? My bath water was raining. <laughs> but I went into the to the kitchen, and they were ready to talk to me in the morning. Like, straight up leave it to be. Like, I was living that, the, the lifestyle I thought only white people lived. I only thought that. And I and they talked to me in the morning. Hey, baby, what's going on? What's going on in school today? What do you think you're going to do? I mean, we went over my homework, and it's so funny. My grandparents, they didn't even understand my homework, but I never knew that. They would sit and listen to me, challenge me. And, I, you know, and I, I looked at my grandma was like, I had an eighth grade education, Precious. I knew nothing of what you talked about, nothing. But I knew if I kept challenging you, and I knew if I kept pushing you, you're gonna, you're the golden child. You're my golden child. So having that type of love, you know, we used to take people into my house because some people would had get into it with their parents and they would come and talk to my grandmother, and I used to get a little jealous. But at the same time, I was like, damn, my grandmother, I'm sorry, excuse me, darn, my grandmother is the type that everybody could talk to. She would listen with love. Now, mind you, my grandmother didn't start off as that kind of parent. Her children, all of my aunts and uncles had drug addictions, all of them. They got beaten. They got they got mistreated. But when I came along, whatever mistakes they made, did they didn't make any mistakes with me. When you talk about perfect parents, I can tell you I had that. I can tell you I had to leave it to be the lifestyle. I can tell you that their love alone, I had a dark heart, and it just blossomed. And I, when I tell you, I literally became Precious Williams. I literally became Precious Williams. The woman who is in me today is a result of my grandparents' love and support, undying love. You could not tell. If you went to my grandmother and said, I don't know, Precious is I. She'd be like, I'm sorry, who are you talking to? That's my golden child. You can't ever talk about my girl. You can't even, you can't even lace up her bootstraps. You can't even talk about her. What's your child doing? Oh, I thought so. Nothing. My girl just, she has, she can talk to the mayor. She can call the mayor by the phone. Can your child do that? Did you see my baby in the paper yesterday? Mm, the St. Louis Post Dispatch constantly is talking to my child. Can your child say that? No. So don't talk to me about my grandbaby. When I became a valedictorian of my high school, my grandmother was like, I saw that at 15. What? When I became the queen of my high school, my grandmother was like, 
Mm. Everybody said my child was ugly. She was voted the prettiest girl. Wow. When I was the battalion commander for the junior RTC program, nothing surprised my grandmother. Nothing. And my grandfather, it's not that I don't talk about him. He was the silent partner. He was the kind that was like, he was always in the background, like, making sure everything was paid for, making sure that I never wanted for anything. So it was my grandparents who did that. And I think the I'm listening to that, and definitely a, a um, lesson for the listening audience is really that um, we as parents, or if you're raising your grandchildren, grandparents, but just to pour that much into the kids, sometimes I think we, we phone it in. Mm-hmm. And and don't do as much as we should But your story to me Really shows how pouring Into your kids Non-stop Will propel them Will motivate them Will make them mm-hmm. want to do You know the, the right thing And want to excel And want to make you proud And, and I that's awesome I love hearing that well, they were the bomb dot com. I can't if I. If I'm, I'm not. A, I'm listen. They don't make them like they used to. They don't make parents like that. They they just. My grandparents were the bomb dot com. Excellent. And you're right. You know, and I'll comment on what on the show said that we have to speak life. We have to breathe life into our children. That is, you know, we won't forget about the aunts and uncles that are raising kids, you know, their nieces and nephews as well. Um, We have to breathe life and speak life because society won't won't do it. Because society will, you know, won't accept that. Society will try to do whatever they want to do. But we're the one that has to breathe life. So we have so much going on now. You know, it's not we want our children to come out like you. But it's kind of hard because we have to turn their mindset around because not everybody's going to have that precious outlook on what was going on. And I can, you know, attest to that. You know, but you had that mindset from day one. It's like after what you went through, you said, I'm going to make it. Then your grandmother affirmed, you know, with confirmation, you're going to make it. You said, I'm going to make it. Then she said, you're going to make it. And then all the steps started lining up. The word also says the the steps of a, a, a good man are ordered by God. So God was guiding you through everything. You know, even though it was a rocky start in your life, God was guiding you through everything that you were going through. And, you know, when you say the school turned you down or they kicked you out, well, guess what? You just said it. They want you now. You know, they couldn't see in the future. All they seen what was going on at that moment. But, you know, and my favorite word is, you know, you know, Satan was trying to peek down what was going on in, in your future. He knew that. But mm-hmm. God already had a plan for you. And, you know, that goes for many of us that go through, you know, that will overcome us. You know, there's a plan that God has already set for us. But what happens is that once the Satan gets teased that, because, again, many children that go through what you do, they don't make it. We, we all know that. They don't make it. You know, even, you know, something someone, an adult or someone in the family won't help them to make it, or they just give up. 
and you don't have that give up spirit. You know, you know, you have that. You know, you're confident. You, you know, from day one. I mean, you, you know, it was again, it was a rocky start, but you, you uh, bounce like a lion, just bounce back up and said, I'm going to make it. And this would be a good lesson for you know parents, a good you know a lesson for young young people as well. That yes, we're going to go through, but we can't give up. We have to speak life, and then once other people see, oh yeah, there's something, then they'll start speaking life, and that's what your grandmother did. And then years, fifteen, twenty years later, you know, it's a, it's a whole different story. Yeah. You are the golden child. Mm, yeah. It was wonderful to hear that, to hear that kind of love, to 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 have that kind of support. It was amazing. And um, even though they're deceased, I'm like, their love lives on. I teach foster children now, and I give that type of love that, you know, I I see greatness, and I'm going to keep telling you until you see greatness. And do they ever look at you crazy when you're telling them that? No. They need to hear it. Like I'm not these are my kids aren't hardcore thugged out. They're they're the type that they soak it up and they 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 need attention. And that and when you're the only I, I lived alone with my grandparents, so I had all the attention in the world. So I understand what good atten- good attention means. It it can change a hard hearted teenager. It can change them. It can be like she's giving me love and attention. I'm soaking it up. I want to be like Miss Precious when I grow up. <laughs> I'm like, don't be like me. Be better than Precious. Be better because I, I, as much as I love the greats, I just want to be the best Precious because I want to leave a legacy and I want to show people. I don't care where you come from. We live in the United States. The, you can come from nothing and have the world at your feet. You can have a world knowing who you are. When I declared I'm the killer pitch master, people respected it because they knew that I, I, I back up what I said. Who else is a 13-time champion? Who else writes pitches for companies around the world? Who else can get people to win, uh, you know, win their competitions? Who else can get it? Who else got on TV with, and didn't have a real company? Who else talked executives at a network into believing in a company that wasn't real? That's the power of the perfect pitch. I got on TV and my company wasn't real. That's how good I am. So, listen, I stand by what I said I am. My grandparents have confirmed it. And God let me know a long time ago who I was. Excellent. That's all, You know, that's, you're wowing me tonight because, again, you did the impossible. You talked about you talked about a company that wasn't even in existence yet. And, again, you may have seen something that wasn't there, actually like it was there, and they took it. Mm-hmm. And not too many people today can pitch that, as you say. You right. can pitch that because they want to, you know, people watch the Shark Tank, and everybody, you know, we all know about the Shark Tank. People watch right. that show, and they they look at it. If you can, and I'm sure if you went in there, people would be like, okay, you're not showing us anything. But, again, if you can turn them, you're good because they hardcore. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't like what they hear. If, if, if the investment's not going to turn, give them some kind of turnaround, substantial turnaround, then no one's going to invest. But you went in somewhere similar and pitched something that wasn't even in existence yet, mm-hmm. and you wowed them, and you walked out on top. 
Yes. Yes. Well, I'd hate to see the carnage from from Shark Tank if Precious went on there. (laughs) Well, I think they were just paying their checkbook. I've already, I've already had, I've already had clients get on there. So, you know, like people are like, "Why don't you want to be there?" I don't play. I don't, I don't play about my, I don't play about my talent. I don't play. I really don't play. So okay. precious. You, you talked about how your, uh, your grandparents, that how they sold into you. So is it, is it others who have made a, a memorable? Um, Deposit into you as well Like I guess anybody um, you want to shout out uh, My aunt Jackie um, My cousin Lil James My cousin Lori um, I want to shout out Addie B. Jackson who was my English teacher In high school Miss Hill Miss Jackson used to write my speeches Because I didn't know how to write a speech back then So she wrote my speeches And I'm I, She's deceased, and I, when I tell you, I cannot believe I used to. I didn't. I did not think I was talented. So when I would read her speeches, I would read it for the first time. You know when you're, you know when you're a teenager, you don't think very much. You're just kind of like, oh, you want me to do that? Cool, I'll do it. I, I didn't think I, I was anything special. But when I started writing my speeches, the more I realized, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. You have to be talented to get paid at sixteen years old, five hundred dollars at sixteen years old to be talking in front of governors and men. what? I what? Um, I want to thank Spelman College, Dr. Janetta B. Cole, the ladies of Destiny of Theta Sorority Incorporated, Inc. to Kappa Chapter. I'm thirty-three HK01. Uh, I want to thank the deans at Rutgers School of Law, Newark. I want to thank my donor. Uh, his name is escaping me uh, right now, um, who gave me my full scholarship to Rutgers. I actually want to thank Georgetown because <laughs> if they hadn't have done what they did, I, this story might not be where I, I might not be where I am today. So mm-hmm. I really want to give them a shout out. I think they're I, mad at the, I think they're mad at themselves right now. <laughs> no, but I really I really want to show them. I'm like, they said I wouldn't be anybody. I'm like, mm, I'm, I can outshine the people who go there. So, okay, that's cool. Um, I, I want to thank the city of New York because people come here with dreams. I mean, I've couch surfed. I've, you know, I have done every possible thing you think of to make it in this city, and I've been here seven I've been here since 2000. I've been here seven years. And when you can say that, and you've been through all that you, the city will put you through and you're still here, that means the grind does not stop. So I love being here in New York. Um, my girl, Precious, who goes to Columbia University and is about to get her degree from Columbia, I want to give her a shout-out because she's, she is a woman who went to community college. She's a woman who did badly at one college, went to community college, now she's graduated from Columbia University, straight Ivy League. She's going to go to Stanford, and I'm watching her. And I'm like, her story and my story are so similar. And I look at her like, I couldn't be more proud if I was her mom. Like, that's what black women do. That's what we do. Don't matter what the situation is. We don't keep it going. So when I tell people keep moving forward, that's all you really can do. Don't look back, never look back, and never think twice. Keep it going. Yeah. 
Excellent. All right, our time is winding down. What I'm going to do is I'm seeing people coming into the chat room, and I'm welcoming them now. I have a couple of people in there. What time does the call end? Uh, the call will end at 930. But what I'm going to do is get ready to go on a break because we got a, you know, we still got some time left, but I want to um, go on a break. So people will actually um, continue to log in and get their questions ready, and then okay. um, we'll come back. And I would like to tell, um, I would like to tell people how to get in contact because I want to. I would definitely want them to. Okay, go reach ahead. Out I was about to ask you to do that, but go ahead. Okay, everybody, if you're listening, reach out to me on Facebook. I am Precious Latanya Williams, and if I say some niggas tonight that really speak to you, put it on my page. Um, I'm at perfect, P-E-R-F-E-C-T, pitch, P-I-T-C-H-P, perfect pitch P on Twitter at perfect pitch P. My website is perfectpitchesbyprecious.com, and I have a free three-part video series that teaches you how to pitch yourself. It's a very cool video, so sign up for that. And um, let's see, I'll leave it at that. So Precious Latanya Williams on Facebook. Um, You can like my page on Facebook, uh, Perfect Pitches by Precious Williams on Facebook. Like it, and I'll stop talking. Oh, that's fine. And we're going to ask you to, you know, put some more information near the end of the show as well, just to make sure that people get all of the information. But uh, before we press it, I want you to hold on. I'm put you. I'm gonna mute you. Um, I'm gonna you know get a few notes from our sponsors, and we'll go on our break. And again, mm-hmm. uh, again, this is Hezekiah uh, Montgomery. Uh, you know, we get ready to go on break. One moment, please. A note from a few of our supporters. Music Instruction for All Learners, where music knows no age. If you're interested in piano or instrumental lessons, please contact us at 443-574-5491 to set up an appointment or to talk to our instructors. And please visit us on our website at www.musicinstructionfal.com. Another sponsor is Kirby Boss. Project. Kirby Boss Project was created to empower, inspire, motivate, and challenge the lives of full-figured women. Kirby chicks are boss chicks, too, not to mention beautiful, intelligent, and talented. Please check them out on Facebook at Kirby Boss Project, and their website is at www.curryboss.com. And our last sponsor for this evening is Oasis Tax Service. Need help finding out what your tax refund should be? Oasis Tax Service can direct you to the right amount of cash and put it back into your pocket. Mention the man in the mirror with host Hezekiah Al Montgomery and get a 5% discount on your preparation. Contact them at 443-621-8386, and they are located at 46 South Franklin Town Road, and their website is www.baltimoretaxpreparationservice.com. Again, that is www.baltimoretaxpreparationservice.com. 
And this is Jessica Al Montgomery. We're going on a break, and we'll be back shortly.
Welcome back, Precious. Hey. <clears throat> All right. Now this is uh, where you know we want you to, as we're coming back at this, I'm going to allow you to give us some more information about how they uh, listening audience can contact you. You know, make sure okay. that they are able to contact you. Okay. And any other so, exciting things that you may have going on right now. Okay. Uh, so in, to contact me or to 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 see what it is that I, I'm doing. My on Facebook is uh, I'm Precious Latanya Williams. Tag me tonight if I say, if I say anything that really speaks to your soul. I'm at on Twitter at Perfect Pitch P. Um, my website is www.perfectpitches P I T C H E S by B Y Precious P R E C I O U S dot com and I I teach pitching in a variety of ways. I have a I have a new course co- coming up called Rockstar Confidence. And it's something that I realized that <clears throat> I write pitches, I deliver pitches, I teach pitching, but most people have no idea how to have confidence in their pitching. Like they don't know how to really say it. They don't really, and they love the way I, I talk, and they love that they love my confidence. So I'm teaching an entire course called Rockstar Confidence where I take you through the ins and outs of being able to rock any pitch, rock any room, get in front of the type of customers you want to get in front of, and talk to them with no fear and already walk away with the sale. So, we can talk a little bit more about that, but yeah, it's called Rockstar Confidence. And what Rockstar is a confidential stage? They sell out arenas, they sell merchandise, they got y'all checking for them every day. Rockstar Confidence. You hit the stage, you got to be Rockstar Confidence. Excellent. All right, I'm just going to remind our listening audience that if you do have a question, please press the number one on your phone so we can see you in our queue, and we'll acknowledge you and let you know let you ask Precious a question. Um, Michelle again is also monitoring the chat room, so you can also post questions there as well um, as our interview is going on. So. Um, I'll pass it over to Michelle if she has any more questions or, you know, if anyone is logged on and ready to ask a question. I um, actually wanted to put a question out. Well, let me say something first. We actually um, will also have all your links um, posted in the um, event page on Facebook if anyone wants to um, see that information. Where, um, where, before you go any further, where can I find that information? Because I haven't been able to find it. There's an event page that um, says live interview with Precious Latonya Williams. Is it under Hezekiah? I just, I just okay. added it to her. Okay. 
All right. Okay. All right. So, yeah, we're posting um, your page links there. Um, Also, uh, we did have a question posted by um, Miss Monique Smith. Miss mm-hmm. um, um, Smith is saying, "Dear Miss Williams, my life story is a super killjoy, a real tearjerker. Often I speak at workshops, and often I speak, present workshops, and mentor young ladies and young men. Kleenex really does need me as their spokesperson." My question, will icebreakers during my engagement water down my deliverables? Both emotions are genuine are and are as real as real can be. Oh, so you ask my icebreakers. I, do I really, do I do icebreakers? It's <laughs> a very good question. Um, I don't. I I don't do icebreakers, but what I do to what I what I do that sets me apart is I go to events extremely early. Like anytime I'm speaking, and I connect with the audience. I walk around the room and I introduce myself. I talk a little bit about myself. I try to get a feel for the audience so that when I hit the stage, if I'm going to do something really really heavy, they're connected to me. I don't need an icebreaker. I don't need it. I don't. I don't need that. Once you meet them and are talking to people, they're already your friends and they're ready to hear you speak. And they're glued to you because you took the time to get to know them and get to talk to them and find out what they're interested in, why they came to your event. And then you just go out there and you kill it. Yeah. Fabulous. And actually, um. I've um, heard you speak about, and I think you actually spoke about it when you um, had that video or in that video that's on your homepage of your website, um, the um, Coach Cheryl Wood. I was trying to find out, um, I guess, like where, because when I'm listening to you, I'm like, who would need to coach you? <laughs> I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to figure out. Where in your process did she emerge, and what is it that she did to augment the pressures that we see now, or any coach for that matter? Um, I've only had one coach in my life, and that would be Cheryl Wood. Um, she teaches a uh, a course called Sizzle Speaker. She has a Sizzle Speaker series, it's a ten week series, um, and it goes it goes behind the the, the um behind the scenes of speaking. So. I can speak with the best of them. I don't. I don't get tripped up with that. But it was a great way to see to really think about the business behind speaking. So it's more than just how to. It's, it's more than just standing up there and talking. Like there's a business to speaking and and getting paid for speaking and getting and getting speaking engagements where people come to you instead of you going to them. And so what she showed me was incredible. And I told her I would be her best student. I said, because I already do this. I said, but you taught me some things that I can really roll with. Like when I told her, I don't want to be a motivational speaker. I don't really resonate with that anymore. I don't really want to talk about my life story anymore because I'm no longer there. I'm no longer in that space, and I I don't want to lead with that. And she said, the only thing that lights you up is your pitching. She said, you come alive with that. 
and people love it. That's why you get money. That's why people seek you out. She said, you're the killer pitch master, and that's it. And when she affirmed that, that's when I really took off. Cool. Okay, and it does look like we do have um, someone with a question. Okay. So I will unmute them. Caller ending in 2403. Caller again ending in 2403. I'll unmute you now to ask your question. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi, hi. I'm. Uh, this is Monique. So you come hey, and ask my question. Hi, precious. Hey. <laughs> hey, killer. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my goodness, I've heard your story um, a few times, and it's amazing every time I, I hear it. So I applaud you for that, and the fact that um, you know your story does come from a, a sad, hard place, and that's how I feel my story is. Um, and I think what we, I think we kind of sort of spoke um, before, um, once at the Activate conference, once by phone. So I guess my question, um, Michelle and the guys were able to ask, and again, it's all about my deliverable. I, I talk to a lot of young adults. And I break down, um, but they get it. So I am a little comedian in some ways, which is natural. Um, I do appreciate the icebreakers that I guess it's it's call it an icebreaker. Maybe it was the wrong terminology. And I try not to joke. I had uh, someone in the audience one time who had read my book state, you know, oh how dare you be so exciting and so energetic and you're all happy that woman beat you with a brick and you know and I try to explain to her, you know, I found joy and I let go and I'm okay with that. But it disappears right. that it, with each engagement, even when the media gets to me and my story, you know, instead of them highlighting the success and you know, all the things that I'm doing with the known as Monique Foundation, they bring me back down to that low of, oh, my gosh, that, that happened to you. And, like, you really don't know who you are. And so I guess that's what I, I, I mean, that's what I was doing when I asked the question tonight right. about, you know, keeping that zest and zeal and, and the whole, you know, my story is it's real. And I, I get that, the, what is it, the deer in the headlight look? Mm-hmm, yes. Yeah, so that's that's what it was going with the pitch, my deliverable and the pitch of, you know, oh, hi, I'm known as Monique. Um, I don't have an identity. I'm a missing person. And they go, wah, 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 you're standing right in front of me. I, how are you missing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They don't get it. I'm not the little girl who, you know, I guess they didn't find a three-year-old wandering the street. You know, I'm 46, 47, or 48. And they, you know, just making that connection. So, yeah, I do practice. I do uh, continue to work on my mission, my foundation. Um, I've been all over your website. Um, very excited about all that you've done for people, um, the success you bring to other people, and I definitely applaud you for that. Um, and I even just I just like a few of your web pages, so I'm going to go look at a couple of these awesome tips that you have out here. Okay, okay. I love it. <laughs> Okay, thank you so much, Miss Monique. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Oh, no problem. You guys have a great night. You too. You too. Thank you, Miss Monique. Okay, so we have another question for you, Precious, in the mm-hmm. chat room. Mm-hmm. Um, Kimberly 
is asking a two-part question. Uh, she's asking, in terms of networking events, is pitching the same as, I guess, selling yourself? And if that's the case, how do you do that? How do you pitch at networking events? Okay, so yes, um, life is about pitching, honestly, and that's what I would really try to get people to understand. If you're in a job interview, you're pitching yourself. If you're at a networking event, you're pitching yourself. When I'm going into networking events, I, I, I don't lead off with talking about myself first. I usually ask about the other person, and then I find a quick way to really help people understand what it is that I do. So when I had my first company, Curvy Girls Loans for Bray, um, you know, after I listened to what they do, they're like, oh, what do you do? I said, hi, I'm Precious Williams. I'm president and CEO of Curvy Girls Loans for Bray. We're the ultimate shopping experience for full-figured divas and plus-size fashionistas. <laughs> look at me like, <laughs> But they remembered it, and then they went to the website, and then they bought, because I stood out in that way. You know, like, when I'm talking about, when I'm talking about, you know, perfect pitches by Precious, I always make people think of think of Shark Tank. Like, what would you say, like, if you had 20 seconds or 30 seconds, like, on Shark Tank? So I teach the art and the science of the killer elevator pitch because your job is to kill your competition so that they don't even think about that anymore. They are thinking about you. So when I, if you've ever heard me pitch in real life, you're, the first thing I'm like, I've never seen anybody with that much energy, I've never seen anybody with that much passion, and I've never seen anybody with that much intensity. That is what I give. And when you're pitching yourself at these networking events, if you've got 20 to 30 seconds, think about telling an emotionally compelling story in such a way that the person will remember you. Your job is to be remembered. Your job is not to close a sale that night. Your job is to be remembered so that they're going to look you up the next day, call you when they need you, you've done your job. You've done your job. Networking is not about closing a sale that night. So get that out of your mind. You're not closing sales that night. You're establishing a relationship. So you have to say something really snappy and really memorable. You help people do what? You love to do this. This is what happens when people work with you. You know what I mean? Awesome. So I don't see where there are any more questions posted. So if anyone has posted any questions that I missed, please, um, if you could repost them on the event page, and I will try to catch up with you. Um, so, Precious, I wanted to um, – oh, and Kimberly, by the way, says thank you. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I wanted to really hear, like, what is what is the exciting news or what is going on with Curvy Girls lingerie? I love that, by the way. Cur- um, <laughs> Curvy Girls What's lingerie. going on with Curvy Girls? Um, I'm doing a launch party in D.C. On February 7th And I'm very excited Because there's going to be a relationship coach There And uh, we're going to have uh, We're going to have champagne We're going to have fine Chocolates and fruit And we're going to make it a decadent experience I had a Kickstarter campaign And uh, I've had Two successful crowdfunding campaigns Yes, as a black woman, two successful crowdfunding campaigns One on Kickstarter, one on Kiva Zip And I really wanted to um, I was approached by the the city of New York 
about doing a crowdfunding campaign because they were like, you can do it. You can. We want to have successful crowdfunding campaigns. We want to show people you can do it. And I literally raised five thousand dollars in seven days. So that is the power of the perfect pitch. If you're perfect at it, if you can call people with it and, and do uh, do a call to action, you can totally, totally do that. Um, but that's all that's going on with Curvy Girls. We're going to do a party in D.C., Atlanta, Chicago, and L.A. So that's really what's going on with Curvy Girls. Like, I don't that's – that's, 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 like, that's a business I don't even worry about because it's a product-based business. People buy all day, every day. So I don't worry about that business. Wow. Awesome. Oh, I'm, surprised. I'm so I'm surprised there are no questions. I, I've never had that happen in a radio interview. I'm shocked. Because I think you've answered them all, but we're trying to come back. So. <laughs> well, no, no, no. What'd you say? I said because I think you answered. Just plan. Think you answered them all, and we're trying to come up with some. But you actually <laughs> talked to me earlier. You're excellent. You know, you're a hard person to try to keep up with because you know you ask one question, you get them all, you get them all in one, you know, one hit. But um, oh. you, had, you um you spoke to me earlier um mm-hmm. about about your rock star program and about yeah. how somebody wanted to actually help you get people that oh, well, she asked me, may she not asked have all her. the money. No, she she asked me about curvy girls, so that I didn't. I, that, that's perfect. No, I'm talking about when you talked when you spoke to me earlier. No, no, but I'm saying your your co-host asked me about curvy girls, so that's why I didn't talk about it. Because she asked me specifically about curvy girls, so I don't okay, mind talking no about curvy bitches. Yeah. So the cool thing, um, the cool thing happened yesterday. So I turned 36 years old yesterday, which officially Yay. means I've been a professional <laughs> speaker for 20. Years and I'm 36 years old. I cannot believe that. Um, what a milestone! So instead of partying or going to the Waldorf Astoria like I like to do, I um, went to a mastermind event for the first time in my life. And I walked into the room, and of course, nobody really looks like me. And of course, they're looking at me like, "Is she the help? She's very pretty, but she's is she helping us with anything?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> um. And so we all sat down, and you're going around the room. And, you know, of course, people who don't look anything like you feel this need to posture in front of you like you can't possibly be on that that level. I'm like, oh, you're not even on my level, but that's cool. So we all go around the room and talk about what we do. And when I started speaking, it was almost like light bulbs going off in their head, like, she speaks so well. What? Like, I like it. And um, there was a woman sitting right next to me, and she confesses to me, Precious, I follow everything you do, everything you do. I follow you on Facebook. I'm like your Facebook stalker. I live for every day that you say something about, you, you say something about rise and grind, all you do. So she's like, um, talk to me about Rockstar Confidence. And as I said earlier, Rockstar Confidence is literally – how I got on television, how I got in the newspapers, how I got investors, how did I do it? Because I have a confidence of a rock star. Yes, I'm a pitch master, but in order to pitch, you have to have balls of steel, and you have to walk in there like, this money is mine, and I'm going to kill it right now. Um, 
So I have a five-part module series that's taking place on February 21st. And so I'm telling her about it. You know, I'm not going to bore you out with, with everything now, but, you know, I was telling her about it. And she's like, okay, I'm signing up right now. And I'm like, okay. She says, well, what's the price? I said, well, if you sign up right now, it's $1,497. She's like, cool, okay, cool. So she was like, well, do you mind if I if I call a couple of my friends because I want them to sign up too because I'm down with whatever you do. I said, cool, 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 right? And she's like, she's like, Precious, you know, what you do is so amazing and so awesome. She was like, I know people have a hard time paying your fees. I was like, yeah, you know, if you, don't, you can't pay my fees, I can't really work with you because this is, I, I give value and I show people what I do. I'm an open book. She said, what I'm going to do is anybody who wants to work with you, I'm going to be your benefactor right now. Anybody who wants to work with you, I'm going to pay more than half of the fee already. I'll pay it. So if anybody wants to work with you, instead of paying $1,497 or $2,497, tell them it's $600 and I'll pay the rest. I was like, what? She said, yeah, I'll be your benefactor. Anybody wants to work with you, they ain't got to pay the full fee, I'll pay it. They pay $600 and that's it. And I'm looking at her like, she's like, you are the pitch master. Wow. Everything you do is about pitching, everything you do. She says, so you pitch to me, and I'm going to make it, I'm going to bless other people because I'm blessed to know you. I'm blessed that I'm sitting beside you. I'm blessed I stalk you. And I was like, <laughs> so yes, woman looks nothing like me. Woman, woman wearing a mink coat there, and I'm just looking at her like I don't have any minks. But <laughs> we not can do yet, that. Not yet. Not so, It's coming. Not yet. I'm not even. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. I'm not worried. So that happened to me yesterday. That was my birthday gift. So yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll have people wanting to actually be part of that because we'll post that you know information in the. Um, event page as well so you know people those who would like to learn how to learn how to have that rock star confidence then we'll make sure that the information is posted in the event page because you know when you learn from the best you'll be the best right definitely 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 Okay, I actually have um, one more question in the chat room. The question is, I have a um, very inspirational story for how my business was started, and sometimes the story opens doors for other opportunities. At what point or how should you determine um, when you should share your story or should you lead with your capabilities? Hmm. So that depends on the audience you're speaking to. Because um, I don't do, I don't really do a lot of motivational speaking. I don't really tell my story too much anymore. So um, I'm very much on my abilities and the value that I bring. Um but if you're in motivational speaking space, it is important to tell your story. It's important. But it's important to tell it in a way that the majority of your story has to be about how you overcame. If you spend so much time talking about the, the hardcore that stuff, that's all people are going to remember about you. 
So limit what you say about the challenges that you've over that you've had, and focus more on this is what I did to overcome. So the bulk of it has to be about overcoming, how you did it, how you thrived, and how you could help other people too. So now, are you saying like? Um because I'm trying to make sure I'm understanding it as well. Um, so with the capabilities part or the skills, um, is that something that I guess your story, you should focus on um, how you overcame, but your story should lead into it? Or should it kind of yeah. be the other way around? People will connect more with the story than they will about your capabilities, right? They have to have, they have, to have some part of you. Like when I do a pitch, every pitch has to have an emotionally compelling story to it, every one of them. I don't care if it's a 30-second pitch. I don't care if it's a 30-minute pitch. Everything has to have an emotionally compelling story. If you don't think you can do it in 30 seconds, why do you watch commercials? Commercials tell stories in 30 seconds. You can do the same thing, too. Awesome. Throwing it back to Kimberly the a, you know, Kimberly had another part to hers. Um, she was saying that not for motivational speaking is when speaking with clients or potential clients. I'm sorry, say it again. She was saying it's not for motivational speaking. Um, she was saying it's for when speaking with clients or potential clients. But what does she do? I don't know what she does. It's hard to answer that question when not knowing what she does. Is she a life Uh, coach? I'm sorry? What are you going to say? Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm just saying that's a good question because she's just trying to get Mm -hmm. an idea from what I'm saying how to. Oh, she does IT. Oh, girl. I totally misunderstood the question. <laughs> okay, the, you 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 talk about you talk about your capabilities and 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 how you were able to get to the level you're at. So, I I thought you were talking about like coaching and stuff like that's totally different. So, no, you have to be you an def- information technology consultant. I'm sorry, she says she's an information technology consultant. Okay, so when you when you just throw out a story, I'm thinking there's some hard luck story, but no, 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 no. You can t- you tell the story of how you got to where you were in IT, right? Because people have to understand your journey. If you just say, "Oh, I'm the greatest at IT, and this is this is what I do," they're like, "Okay, that's nice. I hear that all the time. How can I emotionally connect with you? I can't connect with the ability. I need to connect with you as a person." So give them a teaser, a, t- a taste of who you really are and how you got to that level. Okay. Okay. She did. She, she did. A, she did say she was sorry. And the question is clear now. Yeah. And thanks for the question. You guys had me nervous. There's no no question. It was scary. <laughs> <laughs> that's, very, that's scary. I've never had that happen. I'm just kind of like, ooh. Wow. So we're we're doing pretty darn good, and we can have a pitch master nervous. Yeah. And she said, "Thanks for sharing. No problem, Miss um, Kimberly." Okay. Well, you've actually given us a lot of information tonight. 
And uh, we still have a little bit of time. So what I'm going to do is take another break, and when we come back, we're going to um, – I have a couple more questions I'm going to ask before we uh, end. But um, what I want to do is, you know, tell people what The Man in the Mirror is basically about. And um, The Man in the Mirror is basically about people who have gone through, like, pressures like myself, um, like Miss uh, Monique. People have gone through something in their life, but they did not let that overcome them. They overcame it, or we overcame it. Because there's not too many people that, you know, have a story, but there are people out there with stories, but they're still trying to overcome. And when you overcome something, you've basically put that behind you and you moved on. Precious had a story. She told it. She overcame it. And she conquered. She more than conquered her Goliath. You know, she was the David, and she conquered her Goliath. And now the world is looking at her and talking to her and speaking to her. And they're looking and asking her, which is, come show us how to do what you do. And I know Georgetown, you know, I can imagine Georgetown is saying we gave up something that was good that could have probably been on our staff at our school. She was just peaked in her future and known what was going down there. So, again, we have to, we, we got to be careful, you know, when we talk about people, when we, you know, like, um, when we talk about people, when we don't understand people's story, we, when we don't know what's going on with a person or where they came from, because we're, we're looking at the now, but God, God is always looking in the future to say, yeah, that's my precious darling right there. She is going to be fine. You know, you know how her grandmother called her the golden child, how my grandmother spoke a life into her. When a person speaks life into you, there's nothing the devil can do. You know, he may continue to try to stop you, but when a person is planting seeds, investment, you know, her grandfather was, even though he was in the background, you know, background people are important too. You know, they are mm-hmm. there just to make sure everything goes the way it's supposed to go. And I'm sure if somebody would have tried to mess with Precious, you know, that background person would have rose up in the foreground, took care of what he had to do, and then went back into the background because he chose the way of being the background supporter. Many times we don't know. Everybody thinks you always have to be up in the front now, you know, because he's remembered. You know, even though he's gone, he's remembered of being there in the background. He was the, he was her supporter, along with her grandmother. So, and as Michelle, you know, spoke earlier, we have to support our children. We have to be there for them. You know, they're going to, you know, they they may stray a little bit, but like, the, you know, they may stray. But with our support and love, they will always be there. They will make it. You know, just like Precious made it through, you know, what she went through, like um, Monique, when we spoke to her a while ago, we all will, we all make it because we have people speaking light into us. And then that's, as Precious is on, she's working with, you know, working with children now. She's working with those children because she's speaking life into them. She's supporting them. She's showing them that, hey, I'm here for you. Because guess what? She's paying it forward. Someone did it. Her grandmother did it for her, and now she's doing it for other people. And it's pressure. You now, just tell us, that, you know, some, give us some more information about the children that you're working with, how, you know, how are they responding to what you're doing with them? 
Oh, so I teach I teach um, life skills to Chelsea Foyer here in Manhattan, and I teach everything from motivation, confidence, self-esteem, resume writing, interviewing skills, follow-up, follow-up skills. Um, I created the curriculum, and it's a nine-month curriculum, and the theme is Dream Big. And I really believe in that theme and really showing them that, yes, foster care ends at some point, but loving yourself, taking care of yourself, reaching reaching for the big dreams is all worth it. And to not look at your job at Dwayne Reed and think that's your entire life. No, it's just a temporary blip on the radar to becoming a physical therapist, a doctor, a lawyer, a finance professional, like we talk about careers and we talk about entrepreneurship and what I'm trying to teach them is, you know, I don't know Mark Zuckerberg. I don't know Bill Gates, but we have some amazing African-American entrepreneurs you should know about. You should, everybody should know about Madam C.J. Walker, the first woman millionaire in the United States, not white, not black woman millionaire. You need to know that you need to know about, um, Bob Johnson with BET. You need to know about John H. Johnson with um, Ebony Chet Magazine. You need to know about um, Earl Graves, who started Black Enterprise. You need to know about, um, everybody knows Oprah, but there's so many black entrepreneurs that people don't know about that you really shouldn't know. The children I teach are children of color, and they need to see a representation of them to know what's possible. I I um, teach with the New York Junior League, and my committee members are don't look anything like me, and so I don't walk in there like these are charity cases. I walk in there like this, this is my future. These are the people who are going to take care of me when I get old, and so I need to prepare them for life after foster care and for a life where they're going to love themselves so much that no one can tear down their self-esteem and that if they get knocked down, get right back up and keep it pushing, you know? And that is a good thing because, again, you know, everything you're speaking is actually words. The Bible says a righteous man may fall seven times, but it gets back up. Yeah, we're going to fall, we're going to stumble. But we don't stay there. We just get back up. You know, uh, again, I just love your story because they probably wouldn't try to knock you down for some odd reason. You wouldn't stay down. And they probably kept mm-hmm. looking back like, why don't this girl just stay down? And so she says, mm-hmm. no, I'm not staying down. I'm popping back up. And mm-hmm. after a while, they probably got tired of you and just said, okay, we'll just leave her alone. Because basically, <laughs> it was nothing they can do with you. You ever, you ever see that little weevils wobble, but they don't fall down? <laughs> Right. You know, years ago, that little toy, you just kept, you just kept, you kept taking the punches. Right. You just take the punches, but you would not, you chose not to fall. Right. And that is a blessing because what you're doing right now is you're a blessing of the people. Right. And yesterday was your, your, your birthday. You were going to decide not to go out. But then someone blessed you. And then this person doesn't want to just bless you. She wants to bless other people. It's not many people you will see doing stuff like that today. Because many people mm-hmm. will say, I got mine, you get yours. But this person right. says, I mean, she was your Facebook stalker. I mean, she was your, you know, all-around person. But she says, I want others to have what you have. And and what better birthday present 
can you have than something like that? I would I would feel the same way that you're doing. What better birthday present would you be able to have? You won't. Because this is someone who's seen a diamond and want to bless other people with little bits and pieces of what you have. And, you know, I commend you for all the work you've been doing, you know, in New York. And I and I just, just came back to my mind that when you said, you know, seven is the number of completion. So in your season, you just completed your first part of what God has for you to do. Because you've been there for seven years and you've come a long way in the past seven years. Because normally when people go to New York, New York can eat you alive. I was there for a minute, and it's like, okay, there's just a lot going on in this little city or this big city. But, again, um, you have come a long way, and you've shown a lot of love that actually was given to you. Hello? I'm sorry. Yes, yes. Okay. Not a problem. So, you know, I, again, I commend you, and um, we are winding down. You know, time is winding down, and I just wanted to thank you. You know, we still have a few more minutes, so um, just briefly, if you have anything, any closing words you would like to say, um, you got about a minute and a half. <laughs> I know. Oh, my, you, you, my... You're the perfect, you're the pitch master, so I, I you know, uh, 30 seconds, I'm giving you a little minute and a half. Okay. No, no, no. Um, thank you, everyone, tonight for this wonderful phone call. And I hope you took away some really important nuggets. The first thing is to be confident in who you are and what you can offer to your next client and to your next co- customer. Really believe in yourself. Tell an emotionally compelling story. Really dream as big as you possibly can because you will reach it when you know what the goal is, right? And have fun along the way. Never look back. Never think twice. Keep moving forward. Keep hustling. Go big or go home. This, the, 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 the truth is it's your time. And you have to seize it as your time and keep it pushing. So that's that's my final remark. And you can reach out to me. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. No. I was going to say, where did you get go big? I know this is why I'm asking this at the end. But where did you get go big or go home from? I don't know. I woke up one day and it was like, go big or go home. And I made my decision that I was moving to New York. I had just passed the bar, and I made that decision, go there or go home. I don't want to be in New Jersey. I'm going to be in New York. I'm going to blow up in New York. So and I'm going to go exactly, home, and that's how and that, yeah. And that's exactly what you did. You blew up, and you're still continuing. You're like that bomb, that never, that never-ending bomb. It just keeps exploding every time you turn around. Like that yeah. fire that the firemen think, fire that the firemen keep thinking they putting it out, but it just keeps, you know, keeps on blazing. A little one little amber can just can keep that fire going when they think they've gotten it out. But again, as we're closing out, I'd like to thank our guest, Precious um, Williams, the pitch master, for coming on the Man in the Mirror and sharing her story.
in her life about being the pitch master. Please go to my website at www.hezekiahmontgomery.com and sign uh, my guest book. We're now doing a fundraiser for. We're now doing a fundraiser for Rediscovering Kai. Checking on my website and hit the GoFundMe link, and it will t- uh, take you to our, our backer page. Please support the play, which will you know be out the summer of 2015. Our goal is to raise five thousand dollars. Again, please sign on and support the cause. Again, I'm going to thank Miss Michelle for coming on as a co-host. She did an excellent job in the chat room. All those who are in the chat room, we thank you for signing on and asking your questions because they were some excellent questions, and we hope you learned something from Precious this evening. Um, This will be... This is Hezekiah Montgomery signing off, and I'll meet you at the mirror. I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to know tonight you got.